everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag boss Lee or the people's mentor. And this is episode 273 of the show. This is all on relationships in your business and how you can maintain healthy business relationships and everything you're doing to allow your business to truly thrive. This is a really important episode, I think, for the way that network marketing, quite frankly, is built in the year 2020, where so much of what we're doing needs to have more relationships. If you agree with that, this is definitely the episode for you. And I would make sure to screenshot this, put it in your story, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and do y'all thing. For sure, tell your teams about this. I think this is the best network marketing podcast out there. And the most important thing you can do is, honestly... Just go out there and implement it. It's the best compliment when you guys tell me that this podcast has changed your business. If you want me to train your team in network marketing, real estate, school, whatever it is, if you can get 30 or more people on a call, all you need to do is email askjessielee at gmail.com and we can get it scheduled. This reviewer of this episode is Cass Conquers Keto. Amazing five stars. JL has transformed my life this past week. I have listened to 77 episodes, y'all. The energy is so contagious. Thank you, JL. Thank you so much. That's unbelievable. I love it. And I think this episode is just going to be one that maybe takes your businesses to that next level. God bless y'all. Enjoy episode 273 of the show. I personally think that relationships in general in the network marketing space, um, well, in general in business, I think are over are overlooked. And there are certainly elements to a good working relationship. And that's specifically what I want to talk about, because as you continue to grow in your leadership as leaders of this organization, what we start looking at is you're starting to try to determine who are the, you know, where, where is the friendship line and where is the business line? Have any of you kind of come across that? By, by chance, has anyone come across that? So where are, where are the roles? What are we supposed to do? Who, is, it, is it bad that, I don't, that I'm not, no longer aligned with my leader? Is it bad that I literally get no motivation from them and I don't want to talk to them? Like, is it bad that my downline, like I love them as people, but they make me want to scream or vice versa or whatever? And so I kind of want to work through some of this stuff because it matters, right? It matters that we are... Uh, we are good leaders. We are, we do have good relationships. And I've been saying this a lot because I got asked the other day on something I was coaching on. Somebody said, what's the difference between a, can you talk about the difference between a leader and a manager? And so when I think about that, I really think about the differences between what we're really doing, right? How do leaders lead and how do managers manage? And if you look at that, I just want to remind you, it's not our job to actually manage our teams, right? We are in leadership roles and that includes leading ourselves. We are in a position where it is actually our duty to, uh, to make sure that we are inspiring people. And I think so much more often than not, we're looking at situations where, um, especially at that champ level, this happens all the time. And I want to save those of you who are not yet car earners. Um, and I mean this in like the most, like, obviously we celebrate car earners. We, I love, like it, it's amazing. But there is a difference between being a car earner and being a leader. Y'all feel me on that? I don't mean that in like a sassy way at all, okay? At all. Uh, I mean that in like a, just because you're in a rank doesn't make you a leader, right? And I mean, there are rank twos that lead better, you know? And not necessarily our champs, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to point any fingers at anybody. But like, it, it is not the same thing. And so what happens a lot at the champion rank, and I want to save you from this, those of you who are scratching and clawing your way up to the top, is I want you to understand that the most dangerous thing I see happen at that champion level is people go into coaching mode. 
people go into, oh, I'm going to coach and manage my way to rank seven. There's no managing your way to rank seven. So write that down, okay? You cannot manage your way to rank seven. It's literally not a thing. You have to lead your way to rank seven. You have to be the pace setter to rank seven. You know, something that I really loved that I heard last week or two weeks ago, whenever Brittany, Jenny, and I were in Vegas, was that if you don't give your team anything to run for, then they're not going to run. So if you're sitting there like, let me manage you, let me manage you, it actually hurts the relationship you have because I'm just going to tell you, I do a lot of private one-on-one coaching that I'll never stream on the internet, I'll never record with a lot of our leaders, and these leaders are annoyed. These leaders in these rank fours, five, six, to sevens are annoyed that their leaders aren't leading. They're trying to manage an organization and take credit for it. It's so disempowering and it creates bad relationships. Right, And this isn't one person, so don't like spend your time trying to figure out who the bad leader is. It's not what this is about. It's several situations because people go into manager, 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 manager mode, literally tearing apart the good relationship. Have any of you seen this? Or any of you feel this, but you like really haven't vocalized it because you're like, can I tell Jesse Lee that? Okay, I already know. Okay, I already know. There's a difference between leading and managing. And a lot of people are trying to manage their organizations because of, a, I don't know, maybe it's scarcity or something. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I think it's super important that we have, um, you can look at it in a couple different ways, like a mentor-mentee situation, maybe a, um, a coach-player uh, coach right? I'm trying to think of different ways some of your brains might work. Um, A teacher-student, kind of same sort of things, okay? So first and foremost, our jobs as as leaders, uh, I'm going to use the word leader. I'm not going to use the word coach or anything anymore. The word leader, um, if we're going to be leaders, it's so important that first and foremost, we are teachers. So we must come, be present, and see and see what's going on, and then show, right? So if we're going to teach people, it would be like you going into fourth grade. Wait, what year do you learn cursive? Is that second grade you learn cursive? I don't remember. Okay. I never learned it appears, but anyway, so whatever the grade is. Okay. So second grade, I think it was second grade, Mrs. Brandenburg. My memory's so good. It was second grade. But anyway, I remember learning cursive. It would be like, if I tried to be your teacher to learn to teach cursive, right? Like right now I'd be like, how do we do Z's? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I can't teach you how to, I mean, maybe I can. Let's see. J E. I mean, I, all right. I do know how to, but it looks really terrible. It's chicken scratch. Okay. So it doesn't really matter what the grade is. The point is you want to be able to have a teacher who can show you what to do. A teacher who's actually leading the way, a teacher that's actually walking the walk. And the biggest communication breakdown that I see is, um, achievers ranks, whatever, trying to say what to do instead of being that good example. And your team, your team, your mentees, whatever you want to call them, okay, they are much more receptive to corrections, to coaching, to feedback, to open lines of communication when they have a good relationship, right? Like, have you ever tried to like have a conversation with somebody and they just don't like you? I'm not, it's not, okay, I'm going to give you an example. It's not even anybody in our business. This is somebody who's a network marketing coach. And I can tell that every time he talks to me, it's literally because he wants my influence. He doesn't even like me. Like, how many of you feel this? You felt this before? Like, you can feel when there's an actual good relationship. So then when he asks me to, will you sell tickets to my event? Do you want a bundle of whatever? I'm like, who are you? Stranger danger. Like, you don't even like me. 
Okay. So can you sit down or something? Stop it. You're not friendly. So I know what you're doing here. We all feel that. All of you have that feeling. Your team has the same thing. So what are we doing to maintain those good relationships? All right. So first thing of all of this is make sure we are keeping a close personal relationship, but keeping respect, but keeping respect. Okay. So as an example, I love how comfortable people are coming to me with actual issues that have nothing to do with the business. This is a great way to maintain a good business relationship. If you are sincerely interested in people's personal problems and you have an easy approachability about you, right? Um, So as an example, I was coaching somebody today. She was actually on live. I mentioned that when her father died, um, she still showed up in her business. Like she kind of almost poured into her business because it was, it was just devastating to her. I get a text message from somebody who said, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I never even thought about it from that perspective of, you know, there's other things I can pour into that are, that are, that are important too. And then I, there's been, everyone knows, well, maybe you don't know, but now I'm gonna tell you, In so many situations where people have approached me with, you know, my marriage is going through this. I'm like, great, I'm here to listen, you know, or my children, this is happening, or I just suffered this loss, or um, my job is no longer whatever. And knowing that I'm not going to be somebody who is going to, you know, be this fake, right? Fake, you can't fake heart and caring, like Lee and Tracy just said. It's really true. It's just different. It comes from a different place. And so, Being sincerely interested, though, in what's going on so somebody can talk to you is important. Now, in that, there's a line, okay? So there is a line. You don't need to take your team, um, you know, out to drinks to go partying and raging at the bar to show that you're relatable, okay? And I don't think that's anything this team does anyway. I'm just trying to give examples, okay? Um, But you do need to have a sincere interest. So it can sometimes be beneficial. Maybe this is an idea for those of you who feel like people are uh, barfing stuff on you all the time and it's actually starting to impact you. I think that might be some of you. You feel like you're therapists more than you're leading a team. Maybe you can set like an hour aside where there's an open door policy or two hours a day where it's like, listen, I'm all ears from like four to 6 p.m., like hit me with your best stuff. And you don't even have to really tell them that. Maybe that's just a time you set in your calendar where that's when you return text messages, right? Maybe that's the time of the the day that you respond instead of being constant open door policy but still being empathetic and having a sincere interest, right? So since we don't have an office door that somebody can walk in for the one hour of the day, two hours a day, whatever it is, you know, just... Only respond during the hours of two to four, four to six, whatever the hours are that work best for you, right? So, but being there for people and having that relationship is equally important. It's really important. And the, the, the deeper we get in our team, because this is such a heart-centered team, we don't just say it, it's so true. Uh, I just think it's so important you think about it like that. Like your people need to know they can talk to you. They need to know that they care, that you care. This is all parts of leadership. All right, the next thing is, this is also part of a boundaries thing that I've noticed is you do have to maintain discipline, but without being a dictator, right? I don't want anybody to fear me, but I want them to understand there are boundaries. Make sense? So like, um, John, John Wooden actually said, you cannot antagonize and influence at the same time. You cannot antagonize and influence at the same time. So if you're going to go talk to people, make sure you are listening, make sure you are finding solutions, solution oriented, uh, and make sure you're being fair. 
So one of the best things you can do in a relationship is not always listen to the person you're closest with that you're friends with. Now, this is an important conversation because if you look around this call, there's a lot of people I'm very close with, right? Like very close friendships with, right? Where there's a friendship relationship and there is a business relationship and the lines don't get blurred. When I'm having a conversation with somebody about business, it's about business. It's coming from a coaching perspective. It's coming from a leadership perspective. It's coming from a, this is what you, this is a mentorship conversation perspective. And then if we're going to talk about hood rat stuff with my hood rat friends, it literally, <laughs> it literally turns off, right? Like you're going to get hood rat Jesse Lee a little bit, right? Yeah. We're going to talk about that, Megan. I'm not going to say it out loud, but yes, what you know about that. Okay. When we start getting a little toxic up in here, I'm not trying to motivate you, right? I'm turning back into a human. But I don't go between hood rat and business leader, hood rat, business leader, hood rat, business leader in the same sentence. Does that make sense? Like I want you to show people who you are, but sometimes you have to understand, do you want to be in a position of respect or do you want to be in a position where people are like, yeah, she's fun, but like she can't be my leader because she doesn't even know how to control her mouth or whatever it is. I don't know, whatever the thing would be. But maintaining that discipline it is important. So like there were times when, just an example, somebody shouldn't have ever been in my house because they owed me an apology, right? But it was a group setting. It was not an appropriate time to have a dictator conversation, right? So where are the, where are the lines where you as the leader are like, hold on a second, I need to make sure that this person knows, hey, whoa, all right, hang on a second, without being a big bully, we're not bullying people around here. That is not what we do. So we want to be fair and we want to lead rather than drive people by antagonizing them. And so when you're going into conversations that can be hard, something that I learned actually at a, uh, at a leadership uh, event with our company that I really liked was just ask. You know, sometimes we jump right into being the leader and uh, we don't even ask for permission, So sometimes when you're going to have a conversation where you know you need to be the leader, why don't you just say, hey, uh, are you open to being, are you open to some coaching? Are you open to some feedback? And exactly what Courtney just said, exactly. Hey, are you talking to me as a friend or are you talking to me as a business partner? Because I want to either talk to you as a friend or I want to talk to you as a business partner. Now, if people cross that line and take it wrong, that's on them. So... There's a lot of, not a lot. There's a couple situations where I've specifically said, are you open to coaching? Yes, of course. I've specifically said, are you coming to me as a friend or as a business owner? Business owner, business owner. Okay, cool. And then I give business feedback and ah, bah! They weren't even open to it to begin with, but that's also not you, right? And then it goes back into, okay, you don't need to be the dictator. You can maintain the line of that boundary. Is this helpful? Is anyone getting, is this useful stuff already? Okay, great. I'm just making sure. All right. So the next thing is that I want you to remember that in relationships on your team, and yes, this can apply to customers as well. Everyone is an individual. Everyone is an individual. Okay. We all have different communication styles. So I got this one. I wrote this down actually from, um, still haven't finished that freaking documentary, but this Michael Jordan documentary, like the coach who I don't remember his name anymore. Somebody can put it in the chat. But the coach, Phil or Paul or some I don't know his name, whatever. So the coach, it's probably not even his name, it's probably Bob. Phil, it is Phil. Okay. So Phil, the coach, he literally 
had to coach Michael Jordan completely different than he coached Scottie Pippen, than he coached Dennis Rodman, than he coached all these other players on the team. And the reason he had to is because their communication styles are different. You know, they're all competitors. They're all alphas. They're all extremely talented, but they all respond to different things. So in this documentary, he's talking about how Scottie's really, really soft-spoken. He's much quieter. He doesn't need to be center of attention. You look at somebody like Dennis Rodman, who is a hothead, who is all over the place, who is super emotional, who it likes to be rough around the edges and show off and does a lot of stuff for significance. He's a star profile, right? And then you look at Michael Jordan, who like, what was the quote from last week that I said from the billionaire? Mediocrity is, is I do not, whatever it was. I have no, there it is. I have no tolerance for mediocrity. I mean, that's Michael Jordan. No tolerance. Like, you think you're going to come to Michael Jordan and say, I don't feel like showing up to practice today. I didn't feel like going live. TikTok was not convenient today. Well, I didn't really know what to post, so I didn't post. I don't know. I didn't really feel like sending follow-up messages because the dog, like, pooped outside. Like, it always does, but I don't know. I mean, whatever. Well, the ding-dong, the the doorbell rang. Uh, no. No. Like, Michael Jordan wanted to be yelled at so he could yell back. He was super, super, super aggressive. You have to coach people different ways. Just like when you look inside of your teams, if you're going to maintain good relationships with people, respect and understand the individuality of every player, if you will, that's on your team, right? What's most effective with people? You know, some of you that are on, literally some of the leaders that you look up up to on this team, they actually want me to pretty much yell at them. I'm like, what? Okay. Like, um, as an example, I'll use an example of Kayla. Kayla Han, she does not respond... She just commented. There you go. Perfect example. So, like, Kayla is, uh, she's a screamer. Like, like not, like, she does not want me to be like, Kayla, you're doing so well. I'm really proud of you for, um, you know, your new enrollments this month. I'm so glad that you're, no, she would rather I go, you're actually, like, what are you doing? Kayla, like, this, this 60 new, en- I don't know what her enrollments are right now. Your 60 new enrollments are actual, like, what are you doing? Are you even working your business? Because, like, there are people who are lapping you right now. I don't know if this is true, Kayla, so, like, don't internalize this, okay? Because, like, I don't know. But she doesn't like that. She wants to be number one. She wants me to post. If, if I would post the leaderboard every hour, it would make her happier because she wants to dominate, okay? At the same time, there's people on the team where if I came at them and I'm like, yo, Amber, what's the deal? 40 enrollments? Where have you been all month? Ah! Like, it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work right? There's very different communication styles. So I want you to think about that as you get to know people. It goes back to having that level of communication where you do know your people. If you don't know your people, it's very difficult, right? It's very difficult to guide them through their business. So find out each person's communication style. Quite frankly, sometimes you need to find out how people like to be uh, spoken to. There are, there are people, uh, there's one pro champ, she's not on here right now, I, but I just checked to see, if, I won't say her by the name, she, she's not on here. But um, anytime there's any kind of issues, I'm not texting her. It's a phone call, right? But how many of us, uh, we, like for me, a serious conversation, I'm not texting it to you. I'm just telling you. Like, if there's an actual scenario going on, it's not a text message conversation. I will literally text you verbatim. This is not a text conversation. Pick up the phone. Like, some things have to be said on a telephone, right? And so 
understanding people's communication styles. And sometimes when things are just friendly and chit chatty and voice message is fine. And sometimes when it's like, no, we have an issue and we're, if you're not going to pick up the phone, we don't have a solution. You're, you're literally, you're trying to cross the boundary right now. And the boundary is set. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's important, right? That's back to point, whatever it was two or three or said something like that's the, that's discipline without being a dictator, right? And then making a decision that if they don't understand it, that's on them, but there was nothing dictatorial about it. Right? Cool. All right. So, but treat everyone the way they want to be treated and make sure you're communicating in each person's style because everybody has a different approach. Okay. So the next thing is, (laughs) this goes back to what I said, but, um, I think I said it on this call. I don't know. Everything's blurring together. So many of us want to do things for people and we think it's helping them. And I'm just going to tell you, it actually hurts your relationships with people when you do so many things for everybody. I know that might sound weird because sometimes you might think, no, 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 I want to be handheld. Oh, I like to be handheld, but you don't actually, right? You don't actually want to be handheld. Okay. Um, this is Abraham Lincoln. And I know I read this quote, we did an Abraham Lincoln training over a year ago, but the worst things you can do for those you love are the things they could and should do for themselves. The worst things you can do for those you love are the things they could and should do for themselves. If you tie your kids shoes every day of their lives, they will never learn how to tie their shoes. If you are constantly adding people's people to simple proven results for them or whatever, you're not showing them how to do the system. If you're the one who has to close every single person 100% of the time, you're not helping empower them to do anything, anything. If you love them, let them lead themselves sometimes. And it's okay if they stumble, it's okay if they fall, but if all I'm doing is handholding somebody, then they don't grow. Then they don't grow. Now, there's a difference between, oh, I brought you in. I'm a wonderful leader. Now, peace out, Cub Scout. Figure it out. Fend for yourself. Like, I'm not telling you to give birth to the baby and throw them over your shoulder and say, figure it out, baby. Find the nipple. Okay, like, that's not what this is about, all right? (laughs) This is more like you're there when they cry. Does that make sense? They're self-soothing a little bit. But you need to help teach people responsibility. They will be better for it. They will be better for it. The instant text messages back when you know you shouldn't respond that quickly, you're not teaching them everything. Like Shaylee's saying, it's not good. It's enabling, right? It's not, and it, yes, it is hard because they're your babies and you love them. But how many times, if you would let, not even a long time, how many of you have noticed that if you wait 30 minutes to text somebody back on a question that you know is stupid, Right? Like, where's my link? Where's my blah, blah, blah? Where's my ding a ling ling Okay? They literally will text you back after 10 minutes most of the time and be like, oh, just kidding, I found it. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Sorry for wasting your time. I found it. <laughs> right? Oh, I asked the chat. Not a problem. Right? And then the great thing is they actually feel more empowered. Like, how many of you, when you did something, you're like, wow, I did that. I'm going to tell you an example, like TikTok for me as an example, like I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I can't do it. I'm bad at it. Blah, 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 blah. All this stuff in my head. 
And then I just kept saying like, David, just show me what you're doing. I'm gonna figure it out. So I just watched and watched and watched. And then I just started doing it. And then when stuff started going viral and I started selling all kinds of stuff and recruiting all kinds of people and Lord knows whatever else. I mean, I was kind of sitting there like, hey, okay, I did that. Like I didn't make, I didn't hand my phone over to, um, I didn't hand my, I didn't hand my phone over to, uh, to David and say, can you edit this for me? Right. I didn't hand my phone over to Sydney for once. (laughs) Just kidding. And say, can you put music on this for me? I did it myself. And it's kind of nice when you do that because then you start to have responsibility over your results as well. Okay. All right. So if you want to create good relationships, I'm just telling you, people tend to love that, right? People tend to, uh, people tend to, tend to love that. Okay. Right. It's been weirdly good for my confidence too. Yeah. Because you took responsibility for your success. Hmm. All right. So the next thing is that if you want to maintain good relationships with people, right, this is like the hardest one for most people. So I hope you're listening. Okay. I need us to analyze ourselves also. Okay. I know it sucks when somebody's mean to you. And I know it sucks when somebody's like, you're a crappy leader. Or I know it sucks when somebody says, you don't show up to anything. Shut up. I'm not listening to you anymore. I don't know. Whatever it is. Okay. Whatever the things are that they're saying to you. I'm not saying that with 100% certainty, what they're saying is accurate. Okay. Most of the time it's not. There's definitely a little bit of psychosis in it a lot of the time. However, I love this example, and I'm probably going to say it till the cows come home. I got offended for like 0.3 seconds when Angelica Ortiz told me that I didn't do enough for my front line. She literally texted me, called me out, and said, I joined you. So where are my Zooms? Where are my special incentives? Where's my special treatment? Why are you coaching everybody else? I'm in your front line. I chose you as my leader. And I went, oh. And so for a minute, I was like, what the hell? I'm trying to lead everybody. What you mean? I'm trying to bring everyone to the promised land. Okay. I'm trying to take everyone to the promised land. But I'm telling you, if you think about it, she was 100% right. So I needed to sit there and reflect. If I'm going to coach people on doing things, can you take what people say as constructive criticism sometimes and go, well, maybe it's not all true, but where can I get better? That's how you grow. There are so many changes that have happened in our team over the last three years. If you look, if you look at my leadership growth in three years, it's because I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to hear. I'm willing to change. I'm willing to adapt. I'm willing to say, ooh, I don't like how that felt when you said that, but hold on a second. Where's the truth in it? Hmm. Okay. All righty then. So analyze yourself as well as your team. Oh, muted myself. Analyze yourself as well as your team, not just being the one who always wants to lead, lead, lead. If you're going to tell people to hit multiplier, what are you doing over there? You got three days left. This whole Zoom better hit multiplier. You're the leaders. If I check that thing and and some of you miss multiplier, we're going to have words. We're not really going to have words, but I'm going to be like, hmm, I'm a little curious now. You got two months basically of one-on-one training essentially. Like, what are we doing over here? Are we getting excited when we're on here and then like, playing tiddlywinks. I'm kidding. I still don't know what tiddlywinks are, but I'm going to Google it. I'm going to find out what a tiddlywink is. All right. But anyhow, maybe not this week, but some week. So analyze yourself. It's really important. Hindsight's 2020 and being willing to listen and adapt 
has changed so much in my business over the years. I promise you. So not everything people say is kind, but sometimes there's truth in it. And actually, I just want to, I want to read this because I read it actually on something earlier today as well, but I really loved it. This is from a podcast I was listening to and I'm still pondering on it. Um, but there's, I think I'm going to read it and I'm gonna tell you what I think. And then you guys can think whatever. Okay. So this is, um, Seth Godin. This is in a, um, got it, Brittany. Um, this is from a podcast of him with Tim Ferriss and I love Tim Ferriss and Seth Godin says, he was talking about building a business online. Just so you know, like building business, the way people are handing themselves online, building brands, etc. And he said, I think this authenticity thing everyone's talking about right now is a crock. I think authenticity is overrated and talked about far too much. The problem with authenticity is that it's selfish. Authenticity allows us to say whatever we want. And if people don't like it, we can just say, oh, 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 I was just being my authentic self. It's a ticket to self-absorption and inconsistency. And I don't think anyone we serve actually wants that. I think what people want is consistency. I think they want us to make a promise and keep it. It's called work, not a hobby. Because I made a promise. I decided a really long time ago that I was going to be consistent. Because the way we act determines how we feel way before, way more than how we feel determines how we act, especially that last quote. So this 100%, I'm like, oh snap. But what I really get inside of that is that I think a lot of people sometimes, um, they're mean. Hear me on this. Hear me on this. As we step into our leadership, hear me on this. As people step into their leadership, they think they're being authentic by being like, oh, I'm unaligned. And then saying really nasty things about people. Has anyone seen this? I see it all over the internet these days. You're not being authentic. You're using the word authenticity to hide behind because you're mean. So I say that because be careful with who you're taking advice from. Be careful from taking constructive criticism from people who haven't constructed anything, right? I tell people all the time, I'm like, please be careful to take money advice from people who don't know how to make money. Take business advice from people who don't know how to build business. Take success advice in a network marketing team from people whose businesses are sliding backwards, They can say that they're saying they're being authentic. I would have to disagree, right? I think your feelings are hurt and you're using projection to say other things about other people when you're actually talking about yourself. So I read that quote the other day and I don't know that I totally, I definitely don't totally agree that authenticity is a crock. I think authenticity is really important. I think being your true self is important. I also think being humble enough to say, I don't know everything and I've made a mistake and can I please apologize and come back? I think that takes a tremendous amount of compassion, a tremendous amount of leadership, a tremendous amount of character to say, I screwed up. I said some things I didn't mean to say. Uh, And authentically speaking, I would like to step more into having a powerful business again instead of a business that's backsliding because I was being authentic and trashing people, right? I think that's what Seth Godin was trying to say more than authenticity is a crock. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I love that last quote, which is the way we act determines how we feel way more than how we feel determines how we act. And if you're going to have good relationships with people, yes, be authentic, but yes, be willing to hear that sometimes what we have in our minds is not always accurate. You agree with that, right? We all have different perspectives sometimes. Super, super powerful stuff. Okay, the next thing that I want to talk about is um, uh, approval is a great motivator for people, okay? So you don't have to like pat people on the back, but how many of you, when you are having leadership moments or you are 
building relationships in the business, you are noticing you have to have those moments sometimes where you need to be a little soft. And I think some of having the great relationship is knowing the difference between when somebody needs to be led and when somebody needs that, um, needs to be, need, needs that softer approach. You know what I'm talking about? Like when sometimes somebody just, they just need to be heard. They need to be felt. They need to be appreciated and giving them that. And then again, giving them that when it's sometimes a friendship relationship and sometimes when it's a business relationship, it's two different things. You know, sometimes, um, you know, I might be coaching somebody and I'll say something like, are you coming to me as a friend or as a business partner? As a friend. Okay. And then they tell me where they want to go in their business. And I'm like, okay. But do you? Like from as a friend, what do you really want to do here? And having those moments where it's like, like um, I don't know how many of you might have heard me coaching um, Andrea Rinaldi today, but I was coaching her and I'm like, would you just give yourself some grace? You have a three-year-old and a two-year-old. Like real talk for a minute here. You are a little monster over there, but you're comparing yourself to other people. You're really good. And then going into the coaching, Right? So here's, here's the, let's be real about it. You're doing amazing. You're comparing yourself. You have children. You're, you're going through life stuff. And then saying, okay, now you want some directive? Here's some directive. Two very different conversations. All in one conversation. Does that make sense? So the empathy, the hearing, the listening, the soft approach, and then saying, okay, so if we're going to do this thing, what data are we setting on it? You know, I had the same conversation kind of yesterday with Megan George. It's like, okay, Megan, so you're amazing. You're incredible. You're going through a lot of stuff. I love how transparent and vulnerable you are. Get to work. Like literally Megan goes, okay, I'm going to recruit 20 people by the end of the month. Right? Good. Go. You have four days. Shut up. Go. Like not shut up. But like I can talk to her like that. It's different. Back to this kind of thing. Right? Communication. But like. Two different people where it's like, I see you, I feel you, you're frustrated, you got a lot going on, what do you want me to do? Do you want a business lesson now? Okay, get to work. Go. What was the energy you were approaching your business with when you were growing the fastest? And stop getting caught up in whatever else is going on and go do that. I know life is happening. Life is happening to every single one of you. And I know because there's so many of us on here, there are battles that I don't know about that every single one of you has going on. Absolutely. Life stuff, mental health stuff, you know, bill stuff. I don't know what's happening. Y'all have all kinds of stuff going on. So I hear you. I feel you. What's the solution going to be? Probably Rita, (laughs) right? What's the solution going to be? Do we need to jump back into it? Are we going to wallow in self-misery and self-pity all the time? It's up to us. You know, something I really love is when some people are like, man, one of the worst things I ever did when I was frustrated is I backed away. When you back away, it's difficult, right? When you back away, it becomes really difficult because what you really need to do is you need to plug in harder. You need to come back into the fold, not further away. I don't find it to be a coincidence. If I were to pull, I love, thank you for your transparency. Courtney says, I backed away. It hurt my entire business, 100%. And here she is, right? Back, come back. You know, it's, it's not a coincidence. If you, some of you are like super sleuths because y'all are DMing me. Ooh, what happened to, and then you send me champs names. What happened to her? I'm like, huh? What do you mean? And I literally let you say what you need to say. Well, I don't know. Wasn't she a pro champ? Uh Uh-huh. Well, why isn't she on any empire trainings anymore? 
I don't know. Well, why is our volume half of it now? I don't know. You know? But it's interesting because that's one of the most popular things that I see that's actually driving a lot of people. You know? A lot of you go, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And it makes some of you compete. I really, I'm interested by it. I'll never forget being in Italy. And Luca's in there clicking on every single person's uh, name, every single person's name. And I'm like, what are you doing, Luca? He goes, I click on all their names. I want to see what's going on. I want to see who's doing what. I want to look at their social media. I want to see because I was looking at the numbers from, from the 22nd of last month and the 22nd of this month. And I'm like, really? You do that? Hundreds, if not thousands of you on this team do that. It's cuckoo. It's crazy. It's, ama- it's incredible, right? But I want you to think about that, that soft approach, that soft approach can be all you really need sometimes that approval that approval that approval that approval and then going into your leadership mode so the approval the leadership it's almost like this this soft approach that happens and then when you stay soft you give them somewhere to come back to when you stay soft and you stay open and you stay the same person you've always been it allows them a safe place to come home. And you see that a lot on our team. Quite frankly, there's quite a few people right here on 212. That's the exact situation. The pull away, the pull away, the pull away. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? The come back in, the business explosion. We've seen it numerous times. So it's not to say you ever give up on any of these people whose business is doing something or life is happening or whatever else. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. It's giving somebody that place to come back to. So I want you to think about that. All right. And that's that good relationship. That's that good relationship where you are being a motivator, a leader, an encourager, and also at the same time, you can maintain that relationship. Quite frankly, um, I'm positive she's on here, but like, uh, I love this story because I think it's important we share it. Like, I'll probably share it a million times. I don't know as the years go on, but like my, okay, so yeah, she's right there. Pass the tissues, please. Michael was gone for two years. Like, I don't know if y'all know this, literally gone for two years. But like, we stayed close. We were still friends. We still engaged on stuff on each other's social media. We still talked. We still had a, uh, texted, had a relationship, a good relationship. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. She pulled away. Didn't matter. I'm still here. She was still here. She wasn't here. She was still here. We were connected. So then when the time was right, when life happened, when the stars realigned, now she's back. So I say that because sometimes I think we can take things so, 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 so personally. And sometimes that's not what's going on. Sometimes it's a season of life. And when you maintain that good relationship where it's like, look, we were business partners, but we're always going to be friends. So if you want to be a business partner, awesome. If you're not, that's fine too. I'm still here as a friend. Then you still feel good in your heart too. I love this. Same thing. Like Courtney, I love all these Courtney, Courtney Champman's in the chat just giving me life over here, Right. Like, I still was texting Courtney. I was still talking to Courtney. I was still reaching out to Courtney. We still had these relationships. We still had a relationship. So when business is doing whatever business is doing, she knew she could come. She literally came to my house. Courtney literally came to my house. We had a conversation in my kitchen like two months ago now. And now here she is. Courtney's on the rise. It's not a coincidence. You have to get close to the fire. You have to stay close to the fire and you want to make sure you're having a place where people know they can have a friendship with you. They know they can have a relationship and business with you. And then the two, to, the two do come together sometimes as well. All right. This one I think is so important and so congruent with what we do on our team, which is teaching loyalty, honesty, and respect for the rights of everyone. For the rights of everyone. 
How often do we talk about empathy on this team? It will never stop. We're going to talk about empathy consistently for all eternity on this team. Okay? You want a team that works together, that has good relationships with you as well? Well, then let's teach everyone to respect one another. Let's teach everyone to be honest to one another. Let's teach loyalty overall for the empire. That's what we do. Right? Let's teach, hey, this is come as you are. We've been saying come as you are now for three years. And I really love looking at this organization now. The more and more and more and more and more and more and more diverse we become. And it just becomes more and more and more and more obvious that we're doing these things. It is absolutely a business of integrity. It is absolutely a business of you know what you're going to get. Something Luna said a million years ago, but I just still love it. She said, one thing I love about you, Jesse Lee, is you, you're always the eye in the storm. You've never you know, popped off on somebody. You don't scream at people. You don't yell at people. You've never gone off on somebody. You're just calm. You're calm. You listen to everyone. If, they're, if you're trying to get them on the phone or a text message, like phone conversation like we talked about before, I've had phone conversations with multiple people on this call. I did not want to have the phone conversation with. It was a, it was a courageous conversation. You have to. No yelling. I got yelled at one time by Brian. Some of you, I think, were actually in the room when this happened. Do you remember what I said to him? Because I was calm. He was yelling at me about something. This is over two years ago. He's screaming at me about something. And I literally said, you will never talk to me like this again. Boom. Brittany got it before I could even say it. You will never talk to me like this again. What are you doing? This is not honest. This is not respectful. It's not a respectful conversation. This is not a conversation where I feel like there's, there's a respect for the rights of me and my feelings. This sounds like egotism. This sounds like, I don't know, like crazy criticism and jealousy and whatever else I said in the conversation. The line I remember really well is you will never speak to me like this again, right? So how are we speaking to our team? How are we speaking to our organization? How are we speaking to people that we care about? Is it really come as we are? Is it really an accepting place where people feel like they have that home, right? Of course it is if you make it that way, okay? So when people have ownership, because you're loyal, honest, respectful, etc., whatever the good characteristics are, they want to be part of something. The reason people like wearing Empire swag and like the Empire shaker bottles and like throwing crowns up and they like being part of team trainings and all of this stuff is because... Everybody feels like they have ownership over it. It's never been. The team name has never been Jesse Lee's Empire. Never. It's yours. It's ours. It will always be ours. Right? I wish, I wish everyone were on time so you can see this piece of swag, by the way. Those of you who are late, I feel terrible for you because uh, first two minutes of the call, I showed off this. Ooh, I can't show. It is, it is fire. All right, and then the last thing I'll say as we're at the top of the hour is I want you to make sure you're thinking overall relationship of the whole team first, but never sacrifice somebody just to prove a point, okay? I understand relationships can be very difficult sometimes, but it's never worth public ostracizing. It's never worth calling people out in chats. Um, You don't need a gate code, Shauna. The sun is up. Um, just drive up to the gate. Like the sign says, um, you never have to do the things that make people feel this small, right? You don't have to sacrifice people. You don't need to jump on a call like this with 171 people and say something to them like, well, we're, none of us are going to talk to blah, blah, blah anymore. Okay. Because la, 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 la. No, because like we said, we want, we want it to be a place where people can always come home if they choose to come home. So like the, like 
Sydney said, I will never forget the Voldemort call. I got bad mouthed on a call from two companies that I left and it drove more people to me than it ever drove away from me. And so I want you to keep that in mind when we lead, when we grow, when we coach people through maybe tough um, situations, tough um, times. And you know what? And understand, like I said a million times, there's friendship and then there's business and Those two things, sometimes we can come together with, sometimes they're totally separate. And either way, when you know, um, when you know that you're leading from a place of love and compassion, you know who you are as a person and as a leader. Sounds like co-parenting, probably. I don't know anything about that though. So I love you guys and I appreciate you guys.